Or at the end of uh, today's gospel, we hear of uh, John's mission. It's to preach good news to the people. And what is the good news? And the, the word gospel actually means good news, but it's, 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 it's really Jesus and his message. Everything that Jesus proclaimed, his person, was about good news. And it was certainly connected with forgiveness, that uh, his forgiveness is over stronger than any, any sin, more powerful. The good news is also healing grace flowing from Jesus and his, his, his person and his ministry. Jesus always lifted people up, sometimes with very challenging words. But to encounter people who are grieving, people who are struggling with different things, Jesus always brought life. He came that we might have life and have it, have it to the full. And so uh, when we hear good news, there, I mean, there's so much more. And as we come together on this uh, third Sunday of Advent, we light this rose-colored candle. And we call this Gaudete Sunday, which means rejoice. And the reason why we can rejoice and have this, really, this, this tone of, uh, of enthusiastic faith is because uh, on the horizon is the birth of the Savior. And we celebrate this every year so that he can be born more deeply into our lives, so that we can know that good news and we can, we can, we can live that. And I'd like to offer a few reflections today in connection with this especially relating to our second reading from Philippians and then our, our Old Testament reading from the prophet Zephaniah. And, you know, some people thought that John the Baptist might be, might be the Messiah, but John quickly pointed to Jesus as being the one. And, uh, you know, St. Paul in the letter to the Philippians, you'd think he's writing this letter from some uh, comfortable spot, sunny location in, on the Mediterranean, and the birds are singing and the sun is out, and you know, the, the tone of it is so uplifting and joyful. But St. Paul is writing the letter to the Philippians from a, from a prison cell. So he, he, was, he was in prison for proclaiming the gospel message. Some people did not like that. And so they, they, they put him in prison. And uh, you, you would never guess that by the nature of, of, of Philippians. And they called the, the, the letter of joy. And just, just a, a couple lines from there. He says, brothers and sisters, rejoice. I say it again, rejoice. The Lord is near. Have no anxiety at all, then the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's, that's the tone of the whole, the whole letter as he's encouraging an early Christian community. You know, St. Paul, he, he knew he know the, uh, the good news was alive in him, and it was the Lord and his faith. And he lived out of that, and he, and he shared it, and he had an impact, and lives were changed because the Lord used, used him as, a, as an instrument. You know, t- tomorrow I have a... Uh, I have a funeral liturgy in, uh, at St. Thomas in Crystal Lake for one of my, uh, one of my relatives. And he's uh, 88 years old. And six months before, I had the funeral for his, uh, his wife of 68 years. And so he just, just, just passed. And I, I was talking with his daughter. And uh, I'm related to half of uh, McHenry County. So, you know, I've got, <laughs> I mean, I, I knew him, but, you know, uh, Obviously, his daughter knew him much more, so I was just learning a little bit more about his about, about his life, and uh, it was it was very very inspiring. He, uh, you know, kind of grew up. It was pretty tough. I mean, he grew up in a in a, in a house where addiction was present. He was the youngest of the kids, you know. So it was it was it was kind of a challenging upbringing, his early years, and uh, you know, met a wonderful woman, and they you know, it's again, sixty eight years of marriage number of children, but they had, they had a number of uh, heartaches and tragedies happen along the way, losing a child, a, a number of other struggles along the way. But, you know, so as I'm talking with his, his daughter, 
she shared with me, he, he was a very grateful person. He was a very forgiving person. He had a deep, deep faith. And she, she said that he was at a care facility the, the last months of his, of his life as he kind of declined. But uh, she said they loved him there because he was very, very outgoing. He got others involved and very, again, that, that great spirit of gratitude and connection. And, you know, all, all, all the way to the end. Now, he's someone who could have ended up very bitter, very resentful, very nasty with some of the struggles he had in, had in life. But he didn't. And I think it's really connected to it, his faith because I think that the more we're connected to the Lord, uh, he doesn't let us sit there in resentment or grudges or bitterness. You know, he's, he's going to move us in a, in a, in a holy direction. I, I'm sure my, 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 my relative would attest that he still had his struggles all the way to the end. But, I, I mean, I, I heard just a lot in my experience of him. What, what a transformation. And it's really, really God's grace. You know that's that's his desire for each one of us here, and because we all have our we all have our struggles, sometimes heartaches. As we gather this morning, I would imagine some of you, you know, you got some heavy burdens weighing upon you, and that's the reason why we 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 open ourselves to the Lord and what He brings to that that good news, because whatever we're experiencing, He can bring new life, He can bring healing, He can bring forgiveness. And because we have choices in life, we can go in a direction where we can, our, our lives, our words, we can, uh, we, we, we can tear down, we can, even, we can even destroy. But the Lord wants us to be instruments of that good news with the blessings we have been given. And then when we look at Zephaniah today, we know the Israelites sometimes would veer off course. You know, they're worshiping false gods, they're disobeying the commandments. And that's why God would send the prophets to get them back on, on, on the right path. And Zephaniah was, was a prophet. And it appears that in this scripture, the, the Israelites are very discouraged. They're, they're suffering. And here's the words of the prophet Zephaniah to them. Sing joyfully, O Israel. Be glad and exult with all your heart. The King of Israel, the Lord is in your midst. Fear not, O Zion. Be not discouraged. The Lord your God, a mighty Savior, is in your midst. That word discouragement, it happens to all of us on life's journey where things don't go our way, or it's just, 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 just part of life. And you know the evil one, by the way, loves to get us discouraged and would really like us just to throw in a towel and give up. And we can never give in to that because the, you know, the Lord in his grace, through the power of the Holy Spirit, encourages us on the journey. But I think he also wants us as his people, and that's why we gather in community, that's why family is so important, because we all have those times when we are kind of like the Israelites in this, this scripture, we're down. But through working through people like you and me, and we, 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 we lift each other up. And maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a coworker, wh whoever that might be. And that you know, sometimes we're gonna find ourselves in that place. And hopefully there's people in our, in our orbit who through their words, through their actions, we can be, we can be lifted up. We know that, that God is there. You know, people experience losses, people experience sickness, sometimes it's family struggles. Sometimes we do get discouraged, but the Lord wants us to know he's there. And through someone like you, ordinary like you or me, our words, our actions, we can help to lift another up and to know that God is present and we'll get through this. So that's what we need to, I think what we need to be for each other as those prophets were for the, uh, you know, for the, for the Israelite people.
And I, in, in connection with all this, I wanted to say a little bit here today about Our Lady of Guadalupe. So this is actually the feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe. It usually, does, it usually falls during the week, but this year it's on the fourth Sunday of, of Advent, which I think is very providential because everything with these scriptures is so connected with, with Our Lady of Guadalupe. For those of Mexican heritage, this is like a huge day because uh, I'm sure many of you are, are familiar with the story of Our Lady of Guadalupe. But in 1531, she appeared to Juan Diego. There's very few apparitions in the life of the church that are, that we, yeah, this is, this is valid, this is authentic, and this is one of them. In 1531, Juan Diego was a very, very poor worker, a, a, one, one of the native peoples of the land, and they, they struggled greatly because the, the, the conquerors sometimes were, uh, were in, inhumane toward the, toward the native peoples. But Our, Our Lady appeared to him and it's interesting that she had the features of the native people. And she was also wearing their, their native garb. She was pregnant with the Christ child. And her message to Juan Diego was to uh, go to the bishop and ask the bishop to build a church on this site. So uh, you can imagine Juan Diego was probably a little freaked out by all this. And, but, he, but he goes, and he goes to the bishop, makes this request. And I would imagine the bishop might have thought, I wonder if this guy's got it all together or not. And he, 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 he says, I need a sign. So if this, is, if this is really from Our Lady, from the Lord, it's from the Lord, I'll need a sign. He goes back, and some roses were blooming out of season, and Our Lady said to Juan Diego, take these roses to the bishop. This will be a sign for him that this is, is, is from me. And so he put those in his tilma or his cloak, those roses, went to the, where the bishop was. He opened the tilma and the roses fell to the floor. But on the tilma or the cloak was the image of Our Lady of Guadalupe. We actually have a portrait of that in back of, back of church. But that, 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 that image is currently in the, uh, it's in the cathedral of Our Lady of Guadalupe in Mexico City. And the beautiful thing about that, that, that apparition and what, she brought. It's really Mary. Mary always points to Jesus. What Jesus would bring through our Blessed Mother is really to help the people to know their dignity, their value, and their worth, because they were really beaten down. And one of the signs of the authenticity of this in the subsequent decades, tens of millions of people converted to Catholicism in in in, in that that region. And, and, and before there, it was a very slow growth with Christianity. But after that, it was, it, it was just... So th there was something very, very powerful that happened there. But I, I think for in connection with today, in connection with our lives, one of the beautiful things communicated through that, Our Lady Guadalupe, is the dignity and value of all life. Because a lot of the native peoples were just really beaten down. And she, she's got the coloration... Of, of, of the native peoples in order to lift them up to then know their dignity. Very soon we celebrate the incarnation, the birth of Christ, Jesus coming among us and lifting us up, very vulnerable for us to know our value, our worth, and our dignity, and that, and that, that beautiful solidarity. So for you and me today, for each one of us here, I hope you know in your heart of hearts your value and worth as a son or daughter of God, as a child of God, and I, I think the uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe and everything that's about, that's really the message of God to you and me. But the challenge is for us to have that vision as we go through our, our day and our life with other, other people. Because don't we know that life can be very, very cheap in our world? 
and there can be violence, and people's lives can be extinguished by others, and people have no qualms of conscience about doing horrible things to other people, and there's, and just the devaluing of, of life, sometimes from the time in the womb. So for us, to know it in our, our hearts, in our lives, but also to live it as we relate with other people. And we know it's, life can be cheap in our world, but for Christians, it has infinite value because of who is our creator and where, where we come from and where the Lord wants us to go. So on this day, as we celebrate the third Sunday of Advent, Gaudete Sunday, we can rejoice because the Lord is all-powerful. And what he wants to bring to our lives is the knowledge of our fundamental dignity as his sons and daughters. And that's why we can have hope, and that's why we receive strength. So let us go forth today as the Lord's disciples sharing the good news of the gospel.